This is an ABC podcast. However, John Sattler has a severely lacerated mouth, which requires eight stitches and a triple fracture of the jaw, an injury he sustained soon after the start of play. But he's to continue in the game, so there's no replacement in South's team. Imagine having your jaw broken and then playing another 77 minutes of footy to win a premiership. John Sattler winning a grand final with a broken jaw is a thing of rugby league folklore. The South Sydney legend came to define sporting courage. So his death has seen an outpouring of grief and tributes and sorrow. How is it that the actions of a man can resonate within a sport 50 years on from when they took place? Today, we're going to tell you exactly why John Sattler will always matter. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Nick Campton is a rugby league writer for ABC Sport Campo. Neither of us were alive when John Sattler was running around. I think that's the same for many of our listeners, but you, you're a student of the game. Can you tell us who John Sattler was as a player? I, I think the best place to start with, with John Sattler is with two words, and that's toughness and, and leadership. I think almost 50 years after he retired, he's still renowned as, as one of the toughest players ever to play this extremely tough sport. Interchanging passes, South's forwards endeavour to spread the defence. Backing up Stevens, Sattler is closed upon by McDonald and Hamilton. And one of the great leaders as well. You know, he's one of South Sydney's most successful ever players. He played in six grand finals for the club. He won five of them. He was captain in, in four of those victories, and that, and including those uh, grand final wins in the early 70s, which were the club's last premierships until their breakthrough triumph in 2014. And he was a man who captained um, Australia. He captained New South Wales and Queensland in the old interstate series. But I, I think what really comes to mind when people think about him is, is is the uncompromising way that he played the game and, you know, the way that he was able to, to lead so many different teams at so many different levels of the game to, to ultimate success. One of those moments of ultimate success was the 1970 grand final. And it's the moment that so many uh, in the rugby league community are drawing back to in recent days. What can you tell us about what happened in 1970 between South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Manly Seagulls? So it's grand final, so it's always going to be a tough game. Back back in those days, in those sort of wilder days of the, the 60s and 70s, there used to be something called a softening up period at the start of the game where the referee would pretty much let the two teams go hammer and tong and sort of, you know, work out a lot of energy and all that because... There was a belief that you could never get sent off in a grand final. Distributing the ball well, McCarthy feeds Sattler. And he comes in for some heavy treatment from Manly's forwards. Three minutes into the match, a, a Manly forward named John Bucknell king hit John Sattler pretty much in back play. Sattler's jaw was literally shattered in this incident. Bucknell wasn't penalised, he wasn't sent off. There was no reprimand at all from the referee, but Sattler pretty clearly from the start knew his jaw was broken. Um, his South Sydney teammates have told plenty of stories over the years of how he knew the, the jaw was busted immediately and he, he asked his, his teammates to hold him on his feet so Manly wouldn't see him uh, go down. They wouldn't see him submit to the pain or the weakness or anything like that and he just kept playing. It sounds silly and it sounds gruesome but I, I pushed my jaw up into my mouth guard and I could hold it, with it without any pain and when I tackled or made a tackle I'd lose control of it, but I could do it again, and it wasn't causing me pain. But after the game, when everything just cooled down and, and the reality hit, it was it was terrible. You know, eventually his South Sydney teammates tried to protect him from his own bravery. You know, they'd cut him out of the play and, and all of that and try and look after him, but he told him to stop doing it. He said he, he could still play his part, he could still lead his team, and, and he did since South Sydney ended up winning 23-12, to 12, and it was only after he accepted the trophy and, and gave a victory speech that... He had any treatment on the jaw at all. And 
I think it's a measure of the, 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 the incredible toughness that he showed that day that we're still talking about that as sort of like the epitome, the benchmark of, of rugby league courage over 50 years later. Very pleasing for John Sattler and the team to play such a good hard 80 minutes of football and uh, it's very pleasing for me to be coach of them. I don't think there's a lot of listeners of the show who would know a lot of players from the 1970s. You know, outside of the true rugby league tragics, there's probably not a whole lot of people out there that know a lot of guys who played that long ago, but everybody still knows John Sattler. Everybody still knows what he did that day at the SCG. And, you know, there's a there's been a long list of people who've been, managed to push through the pain barrier in, in rugby league history. But to me and to a lot of other people, what John Sattler did that day back in 1970 is still uh, the very top of the list. It's quite baffling and astonishing in many regards. And I think as you sort of touch on, he's almost become the yardstick against which other acts of bravery in sport in Australia uh, are sort of measured. But in a month where I guess a lot's been written about head trauma in Australian sport, is it a kind of curious thing that we can't help but marvel at that bravery? When somebody does something like what John Sattler did that day, there is no other option than to marvel at it. But I also think it's it's important to remember that this was a very long time ago. This was half a century ago. This was a different time. This was a different game. You know, I, I mentioned before that John Bucknell, who legitimately just punched him in the face without provocation, he wasn't penalised. He wasn't sent off. There were no repercussions from the referee or the rules at all. Like, that's unthinkable these days. And, you know, the idea of somebody playing on through a broken jaw is also pretty unthinkable. If, if, if this happened today, then, then you know, Sattler would be removed from the field and treated with an HIA and, you know, almost certainly sat down for the remainder of the match. So as incredible as his as his feat was, it's, I it's not something that could happen today because it is just a, a vastly different sport. Things are different and we do know a lot more about concussion and head trauma and all that sort of thing. And I think in the last couple of years of his life, John Sattler was, was dealing with a lot of those Repercussions. I think the last two years of his life were, were quite difficult as he battled dementia. He can remember every tackle he made in 1963, but can't remember what day it is yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> While we can never sort of forget what he did and we can never stop marvelling at it, it is important to recognise that the game has changed a lot from his day. As tough as he was, Sattler was also much more than this one incident. And I think we can be guilty of distilling a person down to just one sentence in moments like this. What else can you tell us about John Sattler? Well, I touched on, um, you know, the rest of his playing career a little bit earlier and it was something to to be very proud of. You know, he captained both states under the old interstate series when one was chosen by residency and you could play for New South Wales and Queensland in different years. He captained Australia as well on a, on a couple of occasions. And while he didn't, you know, go into coaching or administration or anything like that after he retired, he did come back to the fore in the closing stages of the Super League War when, when life was looking really difficult for South Sydney and he was really um, part of the forefront um, in helping them gain readmission to the league after they were after they were cut from the competition at the end of 1999s. Ruben Murdoch, all he's interested in is money and the only reason making money from it, he's now trying to pass it on to somebody else. They should be here today, he's seeing what the people have done here today with their feet and their hearts and their souls. This is rugby league, this is what it's about. South said it best in, in a statement they put out yesterday. They said, you know, he's still our captain. He was still one of our leaders right to, right to his final days. I always think of him as, um, as one of rugby league's true gentlemen because you're right, we can distill someone down to one sentence or one thing they did. And, you know, imagine how many people on meeting John Sattler wanted to talk about the day that he broke his jaw. Like, mm. he probably got sick of talking about it after a while. He's probably a bit embarrassed by it by the end, but... To my knowledge, he always gave everybody the time. He, you know, I think he understood that what he, what he did was something that resonated with a with a lot of different people, and he never gave anybody anything other than than the absolute time that he could. I think that's a real measure of him 
as a person and, and, and as one of rugby league's great icons. When you hear these stories, it's no surprise that Aussie musician Perry Keyes penned a song about Sattler that was eventually covered by the Whitlams. And I mean, when people are writing folk songs about you, you're obviously doing a lot right. When you think about the folklore level of it, it feels almost serendipitous that South Sydney will play Manly this weekend. The same two teams that fought out that legendary 1970 grand final. What an occasion for the Rabbitohs to pay tribute to a legend of the club, Campo. Yeah, yeah, and, and something South Sydney have done very, very well over the last couple of decades is sort of recognising and commemorating their history, and I'm sure they'll have some some really wonderful tributes planned for John Sattler, and, you know, I, I think it's a really great opportunity for the game to come together and, and really, really honour one of one of its iconic figures. I dare say, like the words in the song, I think the tears will flow like rushes at, at ANZ Stadium on Saturday night. Beautifully said, Capo. Thanks so much for your time. No worries, Stacky. Thanks for having me. And if you want an idea of how John Sattler and his teammates celebrated a win back in the day, have a listen to him singing their victory song. We're drinking our way through the night And we're having the time of our lives Throw the empties away, start again For the boys of South Sydney are together We'll drink till the dawn breaks again John Sattler could carry a tune. Really nice thing. On to headlines. Cricket and in the Women's Premier League. Grace Harris and Talia McGrath have blasted half centuries to see the UP Warriors knock over Ash Gardner's Gujarat Giants. Gardner showed why she was the most expensive Australian recruited to the competition, scoring 60 from 39 deliveries, taking a wicket and grabbing a run out too. But the Warriors were just too strong. They remain in the mix for Sunday's final, along with the Mumbai Indians and the Delhi Capitals. Melbourne Demons coach Simon Goodwin says the bump is dead and has called for his players to avoid that action altogether. Goodwin addressed the issue following the suspension of forward Kasai Pickett for his hit on Bailey Smith. That's the message I've given to our playing group, that it just puts you in a, in a situation that you don't want to be in. So, you know, we, we certainly won't be encouraging our players to bump. We want them to tackle. We want them to play tough, contested footy. Um, but that's one element of the game we've got to get right. In tennis, Carlos Alcaraz is back on top of the men's world rankings after taking apart Daniel Medvedev in straight sets at Indian Wells. Novak Djokovic did not take part at the event as he continues to be banned from the United States because he's not vaccinated against the coronavirus. In the women's draw, Elena Rivakina was too strong for Arena Sabalenka, winning in two tense sets. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Bunnies TV, Channel 9 and SEN for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.